Oh, how you doing over there? I didn't, I didn't see you walk in the room. I was just sitting here, chilling out. I was, I was gonna start doing this, this, this thing I've been doing. It's called my mind with Stephen Taylor. And uh, there, there you are. You, you walking in the room, and then here we are. We're talking. And then, what are you talking about? Are we talking about a lot of things here? Or you want, you want to talk about something in particular? I know every episode we start. We always start like this, but it's good. It's good to talk about some things. You, you know what I'm talking about. So, so, so here we are. We're gonna talk about the the elephant in the room, which is why why I'm trying to do in a, in Italian, in Italian American accent. That was bad. That was actually come off more more offensive than ever, so I apologize. I apologize for that. Prosciutto. 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 Brezula. Brezula. That was pretty bad. How are we today? Are we all right? I keep rubbing my legs. It's like I'm waiting for something to kick off. But uh, nothing's going to kick off. I'm okay. Thank you for asking. I've, um, I've had a busy week. Here in Australia, we um, had... Our um, our Australia Day celebrations, which um, for many people in hospitality is generally not a day off. It's generally work, work really hard day. Uh, so I I only did um, I didn't do that bad actually. I only worked like maybe ten hours, which is pretty good. Pretty good for an Australia Day. Oh no, less, less. Chef, less. I did nine. I didn't do the complete ten because I um, I was I was actually able to to go home a little early, which I'm thankful for. So thank you guys, the the team I work with for making that happen. I appreciate that. Um, but Australia Day always. Uh, I can only remember having maybe maybe three off. I was in Bali for one of them because it's um, my mother-in-law's birthday on Australia Day. So happy birthday. My mother-in-law, I won't name and shame you, but I'm going to say happy birthday. Uh, it was actually yesterday, and I did say it to her yesterday, but I'll say it here as well. So then when she, because she's been listening to it, and she was like, oh, I really like, I, I really like it. So thank you. I appreciate the, the, the kind words. And she was like, I don't really understand much of the, the cooking stuff and the, movie and the games, but I like it. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, I'm happy that someone or happy that she has, um, obviously heard me talk a lot of, um, a lot of stuff over the years since I've, um, been kind of married into the family. So thank you. Thank you for sticking it out. And when you get to this episode, there's birthday shout out for you. So appreciate that. And I mean, come on, that's pretty cool, right? right? Yeah, it's all right. She may or may not answer. Um, but Australia Day is generally a big celebration in Australia. There's a, you know, a bit of a murky history. I won't get into that because no one wants to hear about that. You go, go to like another podcast if you want to hear about that stuff, because here we just don't talk about it. We don't talk about the other like politics and uh, global stuff that's happening. You know, we talk about, um, anything else which is on my mind and 
uh, you know, I'll just share some some um, some old war stories, some stories from the trenches, some um, some uplifting and sometimes belittling stories. Sometimes a you know, sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they definitely don't shine a good light. Like last week's episode, when I was telling the story about um, BJ Shindaladalava, he, um, yeah, that wasn't exactly a great story. That's a funny story. Yeah, looking back, it's funny. Like the circumstances obviously weren't very good back then, but now, um, now I've gotten older and a little bit wiser. It's still funny. <laughs> It's still a funny, um, still a funny, funny story. But yeah, sorry, I keep tangenting myself because that's how generally your mind operates, right? Like I don't know many people that can just kind of talk on one thing without tangenting themselves or I'm just really bad at tangenting, you know, like I just go from one thing to another, to a thing, to another thing, to another thing, to another thing. Then we, then I'm going to the sea and I'm, and I'm fishing. How'd the song go? You and me, we go to the sea and we catch the fish. Then we drink, then we eat the fish. Then we drink the beer. Cool. Shout out, man from Mauritius. Um, no, nah, anyway, tangents, right? So I go on heaps. And that generally happens when I'm busy as well. You know, I'm trying to like do, I can't do one thing at work. I need to do a lot of things. A couple of guys that I used to work with, they'd, um, like my, one of my sayings was, oh, one more thing. Cause they'd say, oh, oh, chef, can I go? Uh, can, can I, you know, knock off and can I finish? And I'd say, oh, just one more thing before you leave. Oh, just one more thing before you leave. And it'd just be endless. You know? Cause there's always one more thing to do. There's always like heaps to do. You, you know, for me, I never run out of work and there's plenty of work for me to share around. You know, there, there's always things to do. There's always things to do. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily famous for it, but I definitely do like, doing one more thing, just do one more thing. Cause the one thing you do today makes one less thing tomorrow. You know, it's not like some jobs where you can hospitality is definitely not one of those jobs where you can, um, just do a set amount each day. Like sometimes you need to do a lot more in one day to make the next day easier. So like the lead up to Australia day, we had, um, a lot of people, I won't say how many, but we had a lot right? Um, we're almost at full capacity and with certain restrictions now, that's a big deal. You know, being full capacity is, is great. Um, so, um, so we had to do a lot of preparation. So the day before we had to prepare a lot more than actual. So like the, um, so yesterday for Australia day, the day before that we had to do a lot of preparation before so like the preparation before it's it's, it's what we call mise en place or mise en place it's uh it, it means everything in its place so everything that we do the day before is going to be in its place ready for the service so then when it comes to the service all we're doing is we're not prepping anything it's all there for us and we just got to cook everything and plate everything and serve everything you know that's the ideally what you want for every service that you go into is you want to be prepared. You know, people tell me, you know, oh, well, not people, but some people say, oh, I don't reckon we're busy tonight. Oh, I don't reckon we're busy today. Nah, that's definitely not the mentality to have. You're either, you're either thinking that it's going to be World War Three, and everybody knows about it or, or, or nah, or nah. 
because there's not another other way to look at it. You need to prepare for. There's like that. Um, uh, what's the? It's like a. It's a. It's from like that old Punisher movie, um, with John Travolta and Tom Jane. I really like the movie. It's a cool movie because I'm a bit of a comic book guy. That was like a really good ode to the Punisher. Like I think it really paid homage to the Punisher really well. Uh, they were a little bit looser with the story, um, the spoilers, but it did come out in 2004, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe 2004. Uh, yeah, 2004. So spoilers, but um, the way the Punisher's family passes away is uh, a brief history. So the Punisher, Frank Castle, he's like a um, an army vet. And then he goes and works for either, depending which storyline you read, the FBI, and then sometimes it's the CIA, and then sometimes it was like the Secret Service. And um, uh, he was always in the military. He's always in military special forces. That was like the the thing. And he was home, and then his family was, it's tragic. His family was having a picnic, you know, just because he was back from like his tour of duty. And a, a mob... Uh, there was like a mob uh, hit and the whole family dies, you know? This is just, a, this isn't a real scenario. This is like a comic book quick backstory, okay? So, um, yeah, so they're, they're in a park and it, I think that the Punisher mainly operated in or still operates in the Marvel Universe uh, in in New York. So all the story kind of takes place in, in New York. I think it's Central Park in the... Um, in the original comic, I think, and it comes back from Vietnam. That's how old the Punisher character is. Not that Vietnam was a while ago. Oh, it was a while ago now. I think, what is it? Um, nearly 70 years, I think. No, probably 50. Probably 50 years ago. Uh, anyway, I won't bore you with that stuff. But anyway, so um, the storyline in the movie is they go to like Costa Rica for a family reunion and then or ev- everyone dies. You know, John Travolta's um, character, you know, gets them all. It's crazy, you know, because it's like they go all the way to Costa Rica <laughs> to get revenge on Frank Castle. And um, there's a line he says in it, and he's, he's like, um, Secrets Pacrobellum. He says it in Latin. I think it's a narration too, eh? You know, I can't, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. But it was one of my favorite movies growing up. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a Secrets Pacrobellum or something like that. And it's like, it's Latin for, if you want peace, prepare for war, you know? Uh, it actually got used in a recent movie I watched. Um, and I was able to, as soon as I heard, like, um, if you want peace, I was like, prepare for war. Because that's like, a, I don't say it a lot, but it's that's kind of the mentality I have towards like a busy service or a busy day. It's like, if you want peace, prepare for war. You know, if you want to, if you want a, a good time, if you want a peaceful time in the kitchen and in, in your life, then you prepare like every, every service is going to be the hardest service you ever do. And that, that's the, um, yeah, that's the beauty of, of a service. So we had a lot of people, so we will, flat out and the the longest anyone waited was um about 20 25 minutes i think which is pretty pretty good considering how many uh, how how large the place is that i work at and you know props to the crew that i had 
um, yesterday. It was really good, really good, really good, clean service and no complaints. That was the best thing. You know, I'd like to thank all the people for not complaining, you know, because that's hard sometimes. It's really hard in hospitalities to stop people complaining. You know, you can do the, the best food in the world and someone will still go, oh, but I don't like paprika. I, I don't think paprika should have been on this plate. And I'm a, I'm, I'm cousins to, to a chef who works at, he's a burger, a sandwich artist at Subway. He wouldn't put paprika on this. It is not acceptable. Anyway, that brings me to like talking down to people. So obviously through the, not obviously, but through the years, I've, uh, I've worked with all sorts of people and um, I think it, it's odd how like the, the, it's not odd. I guess it's just from where they came from. Uh, a, a lot of like senior chefs uh, who were senior to me um, and now I'm like a senior chef talking down, not talking down, but talking to the younger guys and like setting an example. And um, I didn't get as cranky as I used to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm way calmer now. You know, I think um, I did a bit of time, um, a bit of soul searching, you know, like in uh, 2019 and uh, in, in 20, last year as well. And, you know, tried to adjust my attitude and my attitude towards work and how I was working and tried to change that, you know, like I, d- I definitely didn't want to be, I didn't like being the bad guy. It's like being, it's like being a soldier, but you don't like guns, <laughs> you know, like I, I didn't want to be a chef that just had a bad attitude and was just cranky all the time. Like I didn't, I didn't like the person I was becoming at, um, you know, heading towards because I've seen a lot of guys from my, my, um, my generation of chefs that just get so angry and frustrated and they lose it all. You know, they lose relationships, friends, uh, no, I'm not necessarily family because family is somewhat forever. Um, but they, you know, they, they burn bridges at jobs and then they can't really recover from it, you know? So I, I definitely didn't want to be, that person. So I, I think, you know, I did a lot of, um, just a a lot of like reconfiguring, you know, like refining myself, like trying to, sorry, trying to, um, polish the edges, like still be a complete chef and, you know, have all the knowledge, but be able to do it and do it in a clean way. Not be so like, like a hurricane, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sometimes like even when I, when I'm busy now, I work clean. I've always worked fairly clean, but you know, there's sometimes when you're, you're flat chat busy and you just let things go, you know, but in my head, there's this little man going, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Push harder. The, uh, I'm pretty sure I say it at work now. Um, when I'm trying to push myself, I generally, I used to just speak in my head. I never really spoke out loud um, to myself. Generally I do these days because they just all think I'm crazy, which is okay. I'm all right with it. You know, I, I was crazy before hospitality. A lot of people think, oh man, hospitality makes you crazy. It's like, nah, man, nah, <laughs> no way, no chance. I, I was always crazy, <laughs> you know, like I always did wild things. And um, I was like, and I'm not like, you know, I'm not talking to myself 
because I'm having a mental breakdown. I'm talking to myself because that's how I encourage myself to go faster and to move quicker and to show the God, like, you know, to show everyone around that, you know, you can encourage yourself, you know, you can push yourself to go harder. You don't need other people to yell at you and rouse you. You know what I mean? Like rouse is an Aussie way of, you know, another word for yelling for all my overseas listeners who may or may not be listening, but you know, there's a brief explanation. Um, so, so, you know, I, I generally talk to myself, so, oh, Stefan, you got to push harder. And I answer myself, yes, chef, chef. Yes, chef. Yes. That's a, that's a throwback. We, I, I used to work the line with this guy and, um, you know, he'd be calling tickets, you know, uh, six burgers or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'd be like, chef. Yes. Chef. Yes. And apparently I, I called him the other week and, um, he, he was, you know, flat chatting the service and he, he says, uh, chef. Yes. At his job. And I say it at my job and everyone says it at, at his job and everyone says it at my job. And, you know, it's just great. It's good to see, um, certain things <laughs> just have legs, you know, the, the, the joke keeps going and going wherever you, wherever you go. And it's still funny. Cause when, when you, it's like the nostalgia, I sometimes don't like nostalgia, but sometimes it's good, especially when it reminds you of that euphoria of a nice feeling of like remembering how, how it was, you know, like who, who used to work with and how, nice it was being around those people, you know? So, um, and, and apparently he, he, you know, got off the phone and he said to all these guys, he's like, that guy, that was the original chef. Yes. You, you hear me? He was the originator. That, that was the, that was the guy, that guy right there. All right. He, he was the guy baking ZDs. He baked a ZD. God damn it. Excuse me. I shouldn't have, um, I shouldn't have thrown the, the, um, the slight cursive in there. So I do apologize for all my listeners who have sensitive ears. I try to pride myself on not um, swearing because in my home life, I swear a lot and it, and professionally I swear a lot. So, I, so I try to use this as not swearing. Uh, someone who, who I work with actually pointed out that I did swear once on this and I, I pride myself on not swearing this whole time. Um, so look, I apologize for swearing. I don't like to. And it's not a good example for like, if a younger chef hears this and hears me talk about food and how passionate I am, because I am really passionate about food. I do love it and it is my career and it is my job as well. You know, it's hard to find a job that you can turn into. A, so yeah, a job that you turn into a career and you like it, you know, like I do enjoy it. I still love pumping out food on the pans, cooking steaks, you know, calling guys on the line, you know, I still love all of that. I, I love everything. I love being creative. I'm happy I'm at a job where I can be creative and I always push myself to be creative as well. I never try and, you know, like you go to the pub and every week they've got, you know, a whole soul or like, you know, a fillet of, of barramundi, you know, and it's the same the same special every week, you know, and it's only special if you have it once in a while, you know, I, I, I never, <laughs> I try to never repeat the same dish. I'll use the same proteins, but I try to, um, I, I really, I try my hardest to not have the same food 
every every week. We've got a promotion where I work and where I've worked at other places where you do um, a, a chef special promotion, you know, so um, a special chef promotion. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. I like the challenge. I um, worked at this uh, restaurant in, um, in another state and um, that really taught me and, and before that as well, taught me how to really embrace the creativity side and 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 kind of turn it into and and help help translate it onto the plate. You know, like it's nice to have ideas, but if you can't make the mise en place work, then it's not gonna it's then it, then it won't translate on the plate. You know, if you can make if you can bring all all the components together on the plate in a reasonable time and in a presentable manner, then you're kicking goals, honestly. Like that's, that's, that's the way to do it. That, um, yeah, that's what I like about hospitality as well. Sorry. I I know we're already like 20 minutes in, but I do want to, I usually talk about like a lot of other things. I know I have like kind of talked about a lot of things, but, uh, I, I generally, from my experience, you know, obviously I've had a lot of experiences in, in my life as a whole, but like hospitality and um, being a chef is something that's like, it's quite um, not emotional, but it's like, it is emotional, but, but it's something I like to talk about, you know, and I like to spread my knowledge to the younger guys and I like to talk about the stories because I don't see uh, a lot of the guys that fortunately I work with one of my... Um, uh, one of my friends and we reminisce all the time, but the guys that uh, work probably over the him and I talking <laughs> about, you know, uh, how things were and uh, all this stuff like that. They're probably sick of hearing all our war stories, but uh, we're catching up still, you know, it's good. I really like talking to him. He's a, he's a cool guy. Oh, awesome chef. You know, I learned something off him every day, you know, like he is, yeah, you know who you are. You work with me right now, and you know you've you've got my respect for life because you're you're an awesome chef. If you ever listen to this, um, yeah, I like I like talking about hospitality. I do apologize for anyone that does come here to listen because it's a small community hospitality. Even though we serve eight billion people around the world, <laughs> it's such a small community hospitality, especially in uh, Australia. Like almost everybody knows everybody. Of course, everybody doesn't know everybody, but uh, everybody's heard of, you know, like a couple of the big restaurants where I where I live here, you know, and I've heard of like a lot of the big restaurants like in um, uh, other states and territories all across Australia and, and all across the world as well. And people all, all across the world have heard about, you know, some restaurants in Australia because, yeah, it's it, as, as much as it's huge and there are so many restaurants, cafes, and uh, all, all the and hotels and all the bibs and bobs. And like our job is to take care of people and make people have these great experiences, but we're still so, so young as like, a, as like a culture. Like if you think of when, when did the Titanic sail in early 1900s, right? So 20 years before that, um, Augusta Scoffier designed hierarchy in a kitchen. Like the, our history as our history of food is long, very, very long because people ate when, you know, at, at the start, but the birth of like 
turning home food into a food that you serve to people and like the um the growth that it's had now is young is what i'm saying um as much as it's been a um as much as it's been around in culture and um and just around in general it's still so young as a um as a talking point, you know, and I'm I'm not going to be the, I'm not the first guy and I won't be the last guy to talk about, um, to talk about it. I'm sorry if it gets a bit boring, but yeah, it's, it's because every, everything starts, everything you learn about, I think I said this like a couple episodes ago, but everything you learn about a culture starts with food, you know, like it just starts when you take a bite of a pad thai or you, you, you know, you have some, um, some lemon chicken, you know, like it, it just starts, you have a schnitzel, you have a schnitzel, a chicken schnitzel, you know, like it all starts there. So um, that's, that's why I'm passionate because it's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal. It should be a bigger deal than what it is. And anyway, I'll stop talking about it, but yeah, I just, I just want to thank everybody for listening. We're not wrapping it up. I'll, I'll do, I'll talk a little bit more. Um, but I've actually got family up, so I can't talk for too long because, you know, then it'll get, I'll get to the point where I start rambling and I'll just be on a, I'll just be on a tear and I'll just keep going and going and going and going. Um, excuse me. I'll just have a sip of my, my Chateau Agua. Oh, delicious, delicious water. How good's water? Right. I know that's like a weird thing to say. Is it though? Anyway. Um, so the generation before me um, were uh, and not necessarily arrogant, but they're always cranky. So that's what I was trying to say before is that, you know, I had to do a lot of soul searching so I didn't become a, a cranky chef. And um, what well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember a couple of stories um, of, he, he, you know, you hear stories about chefs and you think, oh, they, you know, they throw plates and they throw plans. And I'll tell you, uh, for the most, for, you know, some of them, it's true. But chefs nowadays, it, it very, very, very rarely happens. It very rarely happens that an apprentice will get, a, a, you know, a, a shoe thrown at them <laughs> or a pan or a plate or food or whatever, you know. It's very rare that that happens these days. I, I've only been witness to it when I was younger. And, um, you know, and it's just been things thrown. And uh, actually, I did have a pan thrown at me once or maybe twice. Yeah, yeah, it was twice. <laughs> um, but, you know, and you can't blame these guys for, you know, overreacting and getting mad because, you know, they've got so much back then, especially, like I said, you know, food and hospitality was such a demanding uh, industry. Still is a very demanding industry. Um, it's, uh, you know, you can't blame them for having those, for having those faults of, you know, not knowing how to redirect that anger and, you know, like, you know, you got to be thankful to front of house staff who help calm down and support staff for chefs that, you know, do have those anger issues that can calm people down and say, look, what are you doing, mate? Pull your head in, you know? 
excuse me, this isn't the way to handle this. You need to step back and breathe and realize that you cannot yell at everybody to get results because it won't work. A lot of, you know, for the most part, fear is not the best motivator. It's a great tool, but it's not the best way about things. I, I think for me, you gotta, you gotta train the person before you train the chef. And that might sound a bit funny, but you have to treat the person as a person before they can grow as a chef. You know, you can train, you can tell people how to cook food all the live long day, but if you, you know, you don't take a personal stake in their training and really try and find out what pushes them, what drives them, you may or may not come up with, you will either come out with something great or you come out with nothing, you know, if you don't try and nurture their gifts because it's a lot of guardianship. I mean, you got to think you're with these guys, these young guys for 40 hours a week, you know, sometimes longer in, in other jobs. So you really got to take their passion and mold it and sculpt it to your own, you know, and, and make them and try to help them not pick up the bad habits that you have, you know? So, um, yeah. So like a lot of the guys before were just, uh, you know, the, the senior chefs that I looked up to were angry guys, but the senior chefs that they looked up to were even angrier. I'm telling you, they were even angrier. They were ruthless, those guys. And that transcends down. That's why I'm saying you've got to set an example and set the bar. So the, the generation after me are, 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 are nice to people. And they try and they try and train people for being people and not just like objects of of um, low income and people that they can just get work out of. You know, like you've got to be able to to help people as much as you can. For the most part, I don't really care about anyone's personal life. If you want to talk to me about it, talk to me about it, and I'll happily answer and I'll happily talk about it with you. But for the most part, I go to work to work. You know, I don't go to work to take on anyone else's problems or like deal with anyone's problems unless it's work related. But when your personal stuff affects your work, that's when we need to talk about it more. You know, like if you've got stuff going on at home and you can't work anymore, then, you know, it needs to be spoken about and you need to tell someone about it. Don't bottle it up. Don't be one of those old school personalities, the strong silent type. You know, I've been playing that game for years. I still play that game. You know, it's something... If something angers me or something annoys me or something that makes me sad, I just don't, don't even tell anybody, you know, like, and that's just like, I, I get that a lot from my auntie. And then when she would crack, she would crack, <laughs> you know, like the whole, the whole world would come crashing down when she, I remember, uh, years and years ago when, um, her, her, uh, oldest brother, in Thailand passed away and it was so sad. You know, he died of, um, uh, I think liver, liver cancer. And I don't, I don't remember too much about him, but I do remember he was a really nice man and he was just, just cool. You know, he was a cool dude. And, uh, he really like helped us when we went to Thailand just for a holiday. We didn't live there for a while, but he, you know, he helped and he tried to be like a part of our lives and, really, really helped, um, 
really helped us kind of navigate how we should communicate with um, my auntie's mom, who was in her nineties then, you know, like helped us try and, you know, like show respect towards her and, you know, respect to the family and respect for the land, you know, really try to um, help me, me, my brother, I'm talking about my brother and I and how to, sorry, my brother and I, uh, to kind of communicate and, um, to, to try to help, you know, and just, you know, cause we were over there as kids, you know, so trying to help us kids. I remember showing him like, uh, I had like a Walkman, <laughs> no, a Disman. I had a Disman. Um, if, if you're a younger person, listen to this, go Google Disman Cause this is what we, how, this is how like, I'm well, not even old, but this is how people used to listen to music. They had headphones attached to cords, which are still around today, luckily. And then they used to go in this little thing and you'd put whole CDs in there and then you'd, you'd have to listen to the CDs and it'd have about three buttons on it. And one of the buttons wasn't pause. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I remember showing him this cause I was into like West coast hip hop. I remember showing him, Oh, what did I have? I had like, I think it was, Oh, I can't even remember. Hang on. Hang on. Give me a sec. Just bear with me. I'm pretty sure it was either The Chronic by Dr. Dre or it was 2001 by Dr. Dre. I think it was 2001, actually. I think. I can't remember. It could be. It could have been a whole different album. But I remember showing him and he was like, it's it's pretty good, you know? And I could see that he didn't like hip-hop at all. It didn't like, you know, gangster rap or like West Coast rap. But, but he stuck in there and listened to it and he, you know, put on a brave face and said, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, anyway, so like, you know, a lot of older generation do the whole strong silent type gig and that's what I'm like, you know, I'm not, not, I'm not an older person, but that's definitely who I, I take after, you know, I take after my auntie and trying to be that strong pillar and nothing, nothing can shake you, nothing can move you and nothing affects you, you know, I, I remember <laughs> I've gotten softer in the years, obviously, but, um, I, I talk to her, you know, these days and, you know, I say, oh, you know, how you going? And, you know, talking about life or whatever. And I hang up and I say, you know, I, I say, I love you. And it's, it's like making a stone bleed. She's generally just like, yep, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's good. That's good. And, you know, I, I partly think she's trying to blame it on her hearing that she doesn't hear me say it, but, you know, you always want to make, you know, not not trying to make it really somber and, and dark and deep, but you know, she's getting on in years and I wouldn't want the last conversation I had with her and I didn't say it. You know what I'm saying? Like I've I've never I never had the opportunity to say, you know, goodbye to my mom or dad. So, you know, with with the people that I do love, I do I do say it, you know, because you never want the last conversation you have with a family member. Because anything can happen. You don't know what's gonna happen. Not to make it sound like it's you know, anything can happen, but anything can happen and anything will happen because, you know, that's a law we have in the kitchen. It's called Murphy's law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Um, obviously it's not a great mentality, but you just need to expect the unexpected a lot of the time, even when you're not expecting, you know, um, you know, so I, I try to make, you know, the conversations with, her just about her, you know, I try not to let what's going on in my life affect her. Cause I just want her to have a nice time and, yeah, and really, um, you know, just have a nice time. Sorry, I'm getting too deep. But uh, what, what I was going to say is um, I, was, I was working with this guy and I was, you know, a junior chef at the time. 
and he he just had a reputation for talking down to people talking down to people and uh he's he, i don't i don't mind him and this isn't a knock on him this is just how he was trained and and the other boobs and bobs and i can imagine someone saying it to him you know what i mean like it was just it's just the way it is um he, so he was always the hardest now was a kind of chef and um he was you know he'd be prepping or working and his tea towel fell on the ground and he, he looked at this at, at this uh, younger chef and he was like you pick up my tea towel now and he like points to the tea towel <laughs> the 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 younger chef goes like, your chef your, your chef your chef runs over picks up the tea towel puts it on the bench now go get me a coffee, you know, go get him a coffee, you know, your chef, your chef, go back over there and get me some more plates, you know, just demanding and demanding and demanding. That, that's, that's the story. There's no, like the, the apprentice finally stood up for himself. Cause that's generally not how it happens. <laughs> generally the apprentices don't, um, or the younger chefs, they don't stick up for themselves. They just, they just wear it because that's what the guys before them did. You know, you're taught, to just whatever they dish out, you just take it because they earned it. They earned the right to dish it to you because they got it dished to them twice as bad. So don't ever think, don't you ever think that you're getting it worse. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, the guys that came before me, they had a way worse than what I'm giving it to anybody and what they gave to me. You know what I mean? Anyway, so, so, you know, I've spoken about, you know, a, a lot of chefs and like their arrogance and whatever, but, um, I remember this, but the respect goes up as well. You know, you, you down talk to these, the apprentices, the younger guys, but you, you teach them as well, you know, so they, you, you earn, they earn your respect and you earn their respect, you know, cause it's about, it is about respect. You know, it's like, you know, the, you, you see your senior chef as like, you know, a Don Corleone, you know, is um, you ask for me this the day of my daughter's wedding. I, I give to you this one thing, this one thing on the day of my daughter's wedding. Anything you want, you can have at the day of my daughter's wedding. You can ask for me this one thing and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll do this one thing for you because on the day of my daughter's wedding. Anyway, that was probably the, the best Don Corleone I can muster up right now. I need to like watch it back, you know, cause, um, I just love the Godfathers and uh, I was talking to one of my friends and, and he was like, you gotta, you gotta tell, you gotta tell them how, how I used to make, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not throwing shade on him, but he was like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta say, um, you gotta tell how, how apprentices used to do my laundry and how I used to tell them to do my laundry. And, <laughs> and he was like, you gotta say it in like a Don Corleone kind of way or like a Clemenza, you know, from like the, from the first, <laughs> you take the jacket but you leave the pants. Uh, hang on. I'll, I'll try and hang on. I'll do a Don Corleone. Um, 
of Marlon Brando. It's hard to do because like Marlon Brando, he like, you know, he had a lot of moxie, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, just a lot of, a lot of go, man. Hey, you a lot of gusto, a lot of, a lot of moxie to like pull off a character like that. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to recreate. It's, and you know, I don't wish that upon anyone, but I'll try. I'll, um, you, you there, young guy, you, you come here, you, hey, you, you kiss the ring. You shall respect, you shall respect my way. Now take the jacket, but leave the pants. You take the jacket and the apron and you go. You go do my laundry because that's how you show respect to the dawn. Don't forget to kiss the ring. It was nothing like that. It was like <laughs> the real situation was like, now take my jacket and do my laundry. I can't do I can't do the guy's accent. He's, he's a Brazilian guy and it's hard to do. It's easy to do like, Brazilian, like, um, like South American, I should say. It's it, it's hard. It's easy to do like a full on South American, but it doesn't sound as near as threatening as how like my friend speaks because he's got like he Brazilian, but he's got a um, an Australian accent now. So it's like harder to do, you know. Like I worked with this other Brazilian guy, and uh, you're a cool dude, eh? and you know, a legend, absolute legend. And, you know, we used to give each other a bit of, um, a bit of, uh, you know, back and forth, you know, he'd like have a joke about, um, you know, where I worked or I'd have a joke about his. And I remember one day I was like, oh, I won't say his name. I was like, oh man, you're so lazy. What are you doing over there? You're so lazy, man. And he was like, oh, oh, stiff. Oh, I'm a lot of things. But, oh. I'm not a lazy. I'm a I'm a lot of things. I may be slow, but I'm no lazy. And like, he was angry, eh? And he looked at me like <laughs> he looked at me and he was pointing with a knife. I don't think he realized he was pointing with a knife, but he was like, well, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a lazy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, 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 bro. I'm just I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm sorry. I went too far. I'm sorry. I'll take it back. You know, I'm, I was kid. I was kidding. I was only joking. You know, um, <laughs> but he's a legend too. You know, he's a he's a cool dude. He used to be a um, a butcher in Italy, and he was telling me this story. This is his story, not my story. I didn't even ask him for this, but this is like a bonus story from him. You remember? It relates to the Godfather. You remember um, the Godfather one. He, spoiler alert, it came out in 1974 though. So if you haven't seen it, go catch up. Go watch a Godfather. The Godfather is a great movie. Al Pacino, Marlon Brando, uh, John Cazale, like they are good, good actors. Who else is in that? James Kahn, Rob Duvall, Diane Keaton. Um, there's another really famous dude in there who plays like Johnny Fontaine, the, the made-up singer. And there's like another really famous dude in it too. Um, oh, I can't remember. Maybe Paul Cicero. Oh no, that's Goodfellas. Anyway, a great cast. Great. Oh, and um, Mario Puzo. Mari, Mario Puzo. That's like more Portuguese, but he like wrote it. 
It's it's on a book, I'm pretty sure. And Francis Walker obviously directs it. If you didn't know that, then now you know. Um anyway, so like do you remember like the first the first godfather, he like kills Michael, the son of um Vito Corleone. He takes out the head of these families, these New York crime families, and then they go hide him in Sicily. And in, you know, because he's like this New York guy, you know, he's got all the swagger, or the moxie, as they say, you know, he's got all the swagger and he soon um, finds his way to the, to the, the, the local crime boss's daughter and then he offers to marry her and then they fall in love and they have a wonderful time. And, you know, it's like this great love story. And then unfortunately she gets carboned because they're trying to kill Michael. And then he comes back to like seek revenge and, and all the rest of it. And, um, you know, it's like this, it's great little love story within like a crime, a crime movie, which is quite nice. And, and my friend, he, you know, grew up in Brazil, country, country Brazil, um, not necessarily rich or, in, you know, uh, he used to say, um, well, we don't have a lot in Brazil, but we happy. We don't have a lot of money, but we happy. Well, Steph, we are happy people. And I was like, oh, that's, for, you know, that's how I was growing up. You know, we didn't have a great deal. We didn't have heaps and heaps and heaps, but we were happy, man. Hey, eh? for the most part, we're happy. And um, so he gets like this this job. I can't remember the exact details, but he got a job. Um, he applied for a job as a butcher in Italy. And then they were like, oh, we want you. And so he gets flown over to Italy and he starts working in this butcher's shop, starts learning the trade. I don't know if he was running from crime in Brazil, but you never know because he did point a knife at me and told me not to call him lazy. So you never know. And um, he was, he fell in love with the boss's daughter and he was going to marry her. And then he got the the opportunity to come to Australia and he took that opportunity. And I thought, oh man, that's like, you lived Michael Corleone's life for a minute without the crime. <laughs> you know, you lived every, every, you know, person's dream of seeing the Godfather is that you move to like Italy and then you fall in love with your boss's daughter and you offer, offer to marry her. And then <laughs> you live this happy life in Italy, you know, like to anyone that watched the Godfather growing up, I, I remember I seen the Godfather when I was like maybe 14, maybe 13, you know, I, I remember I seen it pretty young, but uh, yeah, that guy, he lived it. He almost lived Michael Corleone's life. So this, that's, that's for you, brother that story so that's it we're done for another week thank you everybody for listening uh this is the shameless plug bit you know everybody loves this i imagine people get to like the end and then they're like oh he's gonna do that shameless plug bit but be happy i don't do it in the middle you know like i'll do it at the end so you know you do what you want with it um, but you know, look, if you got any qu- inquiries or any questions or any hospitality stories that you want to throw my way and you want to hear them on a, um, you, if you want to hear your story on Spotify, hit me up and you can send them an email to mymindpodcast at gmail.com. I check my emails regularly and I'm always looking for new stories because there's only so many stories I'm going to tell. 
and can tell because the, the, at some point I'm going to run out of stories, you know. Um, so you can also follow it on follow this on my mind podcast on Instagram. It's it's my mind podcast with no vowels. So M Y M N D P D C S T on Instagram. Someone took the vowels. I'm not happy with that, so I had to go no vowels. But you can also listen to this on Spotify, Apple. You can leave a review on Apple and Google and give us five stars. The more people hear this, the more people get exposed to hospitality and can start to see the good side and the bad side. I know there wasn't too many bad stories today, but there's definitely, you know, sometimes they can be about how good people are and how nice people are and how much and how passionate we are about hospitality. So, you know, let's spread the word. Let everybody know that hospitality isn't something to be feared. That's a good thing. All right. All right. All right. I'm done. Thank you.